It's time for the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket with Chris Dewar on WTAD. It's 30 minutes of scores, coaches' interviews, and a look at the weekend sports schedule. And now, here's Chris. And tip-top of the morning, everybody, and welcome to the Morning Ticket for November the 3rd. And everybody always talks about the slogan, a November to remember. I would argue we've already had a fall to remember uh, already to this point. Based on everything that has happened and transpired going forward in local sports, the culture is thriving. Just look back to last weekend. Quincy Notre Dame comes home with a soccer state championship. Bowling Green wins its second straight state softball championship in very dramatic form. Knox County unexpectedly comes home with a third-place state softball trophy. And prior to that, we had Quincy Notre Dame golf with a third-place trophy uh, on its own, and a couple of individual performers, underclassmen, mind you, in Alex McCullough from Quincy Notre Dame and Emma Thorman from Macomb, who did the state runner-up thing individually. So everything from this point forward is gravy for us. If I would have offered you that at the beginning of the fall, you would have said, that's a heck of a season. It's going to be tough from here on out, though, and that's sort of the motif we're getting to today is the rest of the slog is going to be a difficult one in the quest for trophies. We're going to break it all down, though, last night. We had some great football last night. We also had a big upset last night in district football play as South Shelby took down Scotland County. Rob Wilt's going to talk about his team, where they're positioned this time of year, and their chances of trying to take down Westran next week to win a district championship. We're also going to transition a little bit to basketball today. Brad Hoyt's going to join me and we're going to talk some John Wood men's basketball. I tell you what, it may not be the most dazzling season college basketball wise at the outset, but John Wood is the outlier. I think that team is incredibly loaded and really interesting and built really well and they begin their campaign today. So we're going to do that as well. Tune you up for the basketball season, get you ready to watch some basketball out there at Mountain Dew Court today, which starts at four o'clock. But before we do that, I'm going to run down the rest of the schedule and talk about what we have left in tri-state sports moving forward in the continued title quest. Last night was district semifinals night in Missouri high school football. Class 2, District 6, the District of Death. Palmyra is out. They were eliminated last night by Clark County, 36 to nothing. Maybe the most complete defensive effort we've seen all season from the Indians is they limit Palmyra to just 102 yards of total offense, just one first down in the first half in that game. London Brunk, really the story, made a lot of third down plays when his team needed them, rushed for 176 yards, also had three rushing touchdowns to the quarterback as Clark County gets the win. And for their efforts, they'll travel back and try to avenge their loss earlier this season to Monroe City as Monroe City on the other side of the district blows out Bowling Green 48 to 12. Just a typical Monroe City effort last night, led by Zach Osborne. Had nine carries last night, 163 yards, two rushing touchdowns, and a receiving touchdown. Keenan Batzel added another 115 on the ground. Monroe City will host that big showdown with Clark County at Langford Field coming up next Friday. Also in Class 2, District 8, Macon is eliminated by a very good Lathrop team last night, 45-14. to Class 4, District 4, Hannibal is still alive and kicking, which means Mark St. Clair's career is still ongoing as well as the Pirates take down Westminster Christian Academy 49-14. to Great defensive effort last night from the Pirates, and they got a lot of different contributions offensively. Very balanced attack. Dalen Redding last night, or Reading, I should say, last night. 15 carries, 104 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Will Whitaker, what a man he was last night. 94-yard punt return. A couple of amazing catches. Hannibal will move on to take on Zumwalt East on Friday for a chance to win a district championship. Class 1, District 6, as I mentioned earlier, Rob Wilts team takes down the number one seed Scotland County as South Shelby wins that one 
46 to 28. Again, it is the man, Brock Wood. 35 carries, 278 yards for the quarterbacks, and five rushing touchdowns. Uh, the Cardinals will travel to Huntsville to take on West Tran, who eliminated Mark Twain last night. 39 to 7 was your final in that one. And the last of our football scores from last night, North Shelby's run in eight-man football comes to an end with a loss 66 to 12 to a good Pattonsburg squad. The Raiders bow out on the season. At seven and four, we are down to just one volleyball team left in the area. That is Holy Trinity. We thought maybe we were going to sneak the Jacksonville route Lady Rockets in last night, but over in the Comus at the Super Sectional, they end up losing to a very good Decatur St. Teresa team, two games to one. Dropped the first game, twenty-five to thirteen. Bounced back and, and won a second game that was very impressive, twenty-five twenty-three, and then just kind of ran out of steam at that point. So Jacksonville route's fine season comes to an end, which means volleyball for us is left to Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity. Lady Crusaders will play on Wednesday at State, opening up in the state quarterfinals against Montezuma. Holy Trinity will be the three seed. Montezuma is the six seed in that. Also, some other scores from last night on the college docket as we begin and end the college seasons, depending upon your vantage point for Culver Stockton women's soccer. It's over in the Heart of America Conference Tournament, losing to the top seed last night, Benedictine 6 to nil. Meanwhile, women's college basketball, Culver Stockton running a tournament the next two couple of days. Uh, Culver Stockton opened impressively, did Jeanette Bergen's team 87-48 to last night over Hannibal LaGrange. Okay, so that's what's behind us. Here's what's ahead of us today. Three Illinois high school playoff games on our docket. We've got Sterling Newman Catholic at Illini West at 2 o'clock in Class 2A. Monster Battle, a rematch of two past state championships, if you count the whole Carthage pedigree of the Illini West program, 1998, where Carthage beat Sterling Newman at state, and also 2004, where Sterling Newman returned the favor against Illini West. So there you have it, or against Carthage, I should say. Should be a fun matchup today at 2 o'clock. Huge battle between uh, an undefeated 10-0 Illini West squad and a 9-1 Newman squad, I'm told, is is incredible. Two teams that play very like styles of football. Also today, Concord Triopia at home trying to advance on. They'll take on Arcola. A game that is set for 2 o'clock at Don Kemp Field. And then another big one in Class 1A as well. Camp Point Central renewing hostilities again with Carrollton. This is the place where Camp Point Central season ended last year on a failed two-point conversion. They will try to atone for that today at 1 o'clock. Also, as I mentioned, John Wood men's basketball in action tonight at 4 o'clock at home against North Central College. We've got women's basketball today as Quincy University's women go to Bradley. St. Ambrose is at Culver Stockton at 2, and Hannibal LaGrange is also playing at Culver Stockton against Mount Mercy at noon. Football today, kind of wrapping up the string for Quincy University as they are on the road at William Jewell at 5 o'clock. Culver Stockton's on the road at Peru State, and Western Illinois will try to keep its playoff hopes alive with a win in Carbondale today, taking on the Salukis at 1 o'clock. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention huge day for cross country on both sides of the river as we've got Missouri State Championships over in Jefferson City. A lot of opportunities for our area there. The Bowling Green girls with a chance to perhaps win state. Nathan Frazee from Clark County has been red hot down the stretch. Might have a chance to contend for the top of the podium on the boys' side over there. Delaney Strauss, the outstanding freshman from Marion County, she's in the mix as well. So lots to watch for tomorrow, or excuse me, today, moving forward for uh, all of our Missouri cross-country teams. And then we've got a bunch of really talented individuals over in Peoria this morning running at Detweiler Park, uh, including Miles Shepard from West Hancock, uh, who's done a phenomenal job, ran the, I believe, the fastest 
uh, freshman time and best freshman finish at a sectional in the last 20 years. So he's in the mix. Caitlin Robbins from Liberty. Uh, you know, Maya Stovall from Macomb will keep eyes on all of those folks. And, of course, Ficker Rosen from Quincy High School and Lydia Kerfman as well. Okay, so that wraps up what's ahead of us and what's behind us. We're going to break down all the football moving forward into next week with Rob Wilt and talk about his South Shelby Cardinals coming up next. Getting you ready for a full weekend of sports, it's the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy. Here's Chris. And welcome back to the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket. We are joined now by the great Rob Wilt, whose teams always seem to be playing their best football this time of year, and we were seeing that last night, indicative of that, with South Shelby's win over the number one seed in the district at Scotland County last night, a 46-28 victory. I know it was 28 points, Rob, but did that feel like for you maybe your best collective defensive effort of the season yeah i think so i mean we held them to 19 yards rushing so that was huge um they got some passing yards against us but we also got an interception there and overall i just thought our defense played really well uh, we didn't let them we let them become one-dimensional um and i think that was big for us we was able to get a little pressure on them uh, late in the game when we knew they were going to throw the ball so um yeah, I think you're right. That's a heck of a football team we beat last night. And a heck of a quarterback. And you kind of touched on the importance of making them one-dimensional with Will Fromm and the way he's able to kind of project things that you did. I know your game plans are always structured on trying to take away what they give you to take away. You kind of asserted yourself, though, defensively in a different kind of way. How have you seen that defense grow, Rob? Well, it's been fun. I mean, it's been fun watching these kids get better. Um you know, defensively, I, you know, one thing, you know, I don't like talking about my kid, but I'm going to a little bit. <laughs> he's, mean, he's as mean as his mother, so I might as well talk about him. Uh, uh, you know, Casey Wells has really came along. He was pretty good at the beginning of the season, and now he's really good uh, the second half and, and become a really good linebacker for us. And, and, uh, but he's set up by his defensive line, by Gage Rainey and, and Luke Wooski on the defensive ends. Mason Schuler's done a nice job. But, in the middle, and, and then we've got um, you know Marcus Wiseman and Guy Timbrook doing a good job. And then our secondary has has stepped up. You know, um, Mr. Daniel Burke has got five interceptions this year, and and Brock Wood had a big pick for us last night. So we we're just kind of coming together. It's fun to watch these kids, kids get better. That Clarence Cannon Conference schedule obviously deflates the win-loss record, but you always get into district, and you always seem to make noise. And I know you take some lumps along the way, but I go back to how well you played Monroe City. And and, and was that kind of a turning point, Rob? I think that's a great, great statement there. Yeah, it was. Our kids finally seen that, we hey, we can play with anybody. We played with them for three quarters. I think they might have wore us out there in the fourth quarter, but um, you know, when you're playing a state championship team like Monroe City for three quarters, hey, you can do anything. It's just it's just all about the one two. It's all about the effort. It's about the communication. All that good stuff that coaches preach every every week. And I think it kind of opened their eyes and said, Let, "Let's get after it here. Let's go." And then you know, we came back and we lost to Centralia there at their place. But then we came back and beat Brookfield, and then a good good solid football team. Um, and I think our our confidence took off from there. 
I have exercised amazing restraint because we're four minutes into this interview, and I'm just now bringing up Brock Wood, uh, who is your Clarence <laughs> Cannon Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Uh, and you guys are so unique with the way you employ him. And obviously, this is the fastest kid in all of Tri-State football, as anybody who follows track and field knows. But you have had to do some different things from, a, from an offensive scheming standpoint, and it seems like not just him, but you're having fun using him in different ways, Rob. Is that fair? Uh, you know, that's awesome that you can pick up at, you know, um, it is, it's been fun for me. Cause you know, I've been a, been a old school type of football coach being the eye backfield and, and running the ball that situation. And, and this year we, uh, you know, we had a couple of kids that quit right before the season and we had to make some adjustments on the fly. And, uh, and so we moved Brock to quarterback and, and the things that we've done with him has been, it's been a challenge for us, but it's been, it's been a fun challenge and not for me, not only for me, but for Brock. And, uh, so yeah, we've been using him a lot, using a lot of different formations and, um, um, trying to keep him in space and, uh, keep, keep teams guessing. Even, you know, sometimes you, you teams know who you're going to go to, but you can still keep them guessing by what you do, <clears throat> by what you do offensively with your formations and, and your sets and, and, and where you use them. So it's, it's been a challenge and, and a, and a fun challenge at that. You, you've set him up pretty well as well, because I know Brock generates the big stats and the headlines, but the way you're using Timbrook and the way you're using Burke uh, is is of critical importance to kind of keeping Brock, um, I, I guess, fresh as a weapon. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, last night we ran him a little more than I really wanted to, but um, we're, we're trying to use some other kids, but, you know, like you said, Timbrook at fullback, and, well, he's kind of an H-back. We use him at tight end some and looks like that. And then, and then, you know, like you said, Daniel Burke's a nice runner for us, too. Um, he likes to run down. He was not a very big kid, but I've always compared him to kind of like a Shannon Hall back in back in the day when I had him. He's kind of got that squirreliness to him that can get downfield and make people miss. And uh, so, yeah, we're trying to keep everybody involved, and you know, we are. And, uh, and it depends on who we're playing, what we want to do. In those situations. So I just want to clarify here. Ideally, you don't want to run your quarterback 35 times a game, I guess is what you're telling me. <laughs> well, yeah, unless you got Brock Wood back there, and then you might have to change your mind. Uh, it's hard not to run in kid when you, you know, when you know that kid can break. Uh, 80 yard run every time he t- touches the ball. That's a beautiful thing. I want to talk to you about West Tran and, and moving forward. You obviously have history with that program. You have history with coach over there. I mean, there, there's a lot of fun stuff going on this Friday. How do they impress you, Rob, off the top of your heads? And kind of how do you attack them? Well, you know, I think they're, uh, I think they're pretty solid defensively. Um, we're still in that game plan situation, trying to figure out how we want to attack them, but. Uh, you know, they're very well coached. They got a great, great defensive end, uh, a big kid that, and I, his name is kind of dodging me right now, but anyway, he's a very good player, division two, maybe division one type of football player. And, uh, they got athletes all over the place. And, uh, Coach O'Laughlin does a nice job of putting them in situations. I can guarantee you this. He's gonna, he's gonna have a defensive scheme that's gonna make us have to really think because he's, he's gonna come after us and he knows Brock Wood really well and he knows our kids. So, there's not going to be any surprises. Are you impressed with the job he's done in very short order over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, he comes from a lineage, you know, of, of Coach Laughlin that coached here for years and 
and they're just good football people. They they're not flashy people. They just do things right. And and uh, you know, I got uh, I got his brother on my staff, and I'm glad to have Luke on my staff as well. He does a nice job defensive coordinator for me. Yeah, I, you just beat me to the punch because I wanted to know what the old Laughlin family bet might have been between the brothers this week. Well, it's probably got something to do with Green Bay Packers. They all love the Packers, but <laughs> it's going to be fun, you know, and then seeing those guys battle each other. But, uh, uh, you know, I know Luke wants to win just as bad as Aaron does, and it should be a good matchup for us. Last one for you, Rob. Um, obviously, based on where you're at, based on the kind of the run you've made, you, you're playing with a lot of confidence right now as a team. And, and those were two really good wins. Last week, I, I think it got kind of washed over how good the win was over Knox, but a really good win last night. Uh, do you like where your team's at going into this particular contest, just based on the fact that you have so much kind of working in your behalf and the, the confidence standpoint? Yeah, I do. You know, if you and me and you talked when you came to see us at the barnstorming, and me and you thought, well, you know, I told you, I said, I don't know about this team. <laughs> you know, um, it didn't look great early, but the, the confidence they've gotten and and the work and the great thing about this is, Chris, is that when we were losing for four or five in a row, there nobody was pointing fingers, nobody was getting down. The practices were still good. And, uh, you know, you take your lumps, and if you're still being able to do that, you're still seeing the, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel situation um, and watching these kids get better and get grow with confidence. It's been it's been one of my most challenging years, but it's been one of my most satisfying years as well. Well, keep up the great work. There's nobody better this time of year than Rob Wilton. Once again, he's kind of surprised everybody. So hats off to you and hats off to your kids, and good luck this week coming up on Friday against Westran. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for all the coverage you all give us. Absolutely. And when we come back, we're talking basketball shifting gears with Brad Hoyt and the John Wood Trailblazers. This is the Sleep Tight Saturday Morning Ticket on Talk Radio 930 WTAD and FM 103.3. Here's Chris Dewar. And welcome back to the Saturday Morning Ticket, everybody. Brad Hoyt, the great basketball coach at John Wood, joins me now on a lazy Saturday where he's probably got nothing to do this afternoon and Nikki Hoyt has a whole list of honeydews for him. Is that about fair? Well, I, there's definitely a list of honeydews. Um, I tried to escape and get to the office before everybody woke up this morning and so those honeydews are getting pushed back. So uh, there is a list, and at some point, probably tonight, I'll be doing those, and hopefully I'm doing it with one and zero instead of one and one. What a dutiful, a that <laughs> what a dutiful husband you are, and well played, <laughs> sir. Four o'clock today, it's finally here. I know you have spent a ton of time this off season constructing this team and trying to find the right trigger mechanisms to get back to that next level. What do you like about this group, Brad? Well, there's a lot to like about them, to be honest with you. And I still think we're trying to, I mean, like I think every team this time of year is still trying to kind of find their way and kind of kind of define sort of who they are. And, and we're still working on that. But from what I like about the group, one, it's a great group of guys. I and mean, that's pretty coach speak a little bit, but, but they really are. I mean, they're, they're a group of guys that have come in. We've had great conversations as a group. We've been able to sort of connect in some different ways and, and, and I really think at the core that sort of bought into kind of our culture and, and, and what we're what we're trying to do. And then from a basketball standpoint, just we're super versatile, which actually from a coaching perspective makes it harder <laughs> early of just trying to decide how to use guys in different ways. Because I think we've got a variety of guys that can do a variety of different things and play different spots and give us 
And so I, I think I think that's a really, really good problem to have. But I think that's part of what, you know, starting today, we're still trying to sort out is, is exactly how to use guys in what spots because we've got a lot of similar guys and then a lot of versatile guys the same way. I think as the year goes on, we'll find that to be a, a huge strength of ours. You had a really nice returning nucleus of guys that kind of broke through last year, and Gentry Whiteman with the way he shoots the ball, and Eric Easter, and obviously folks that people know locally with Corey Miller, and you know, obviously you've got a point guard back in Carter Cramsey, and and a, a forward back in Garrett Gadicky, who are all local guys. But you built on top of that kind of uniquely this year. Justin Bodhorf comes over. Chandler Bevins gets recruited out of Clark County. You're longer than you've been in a while. Is that sort of a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, I, we really are, and but we're not as big. It's one of those, it's one of those things you evaluate our rosters to what we've been. We've we've had some luck here with some low post type guys. So whether it was a Z Fadika, who's at Quincy University now, or go back to TJ Tisdale and Andrew Howard and. And, and guys like that, that we've had some low post guys that we can sort of throw it to and play, play around. Well, we sort of built this group differently and, and we, we built it not that we don't have that aspect to our roster, but not, we're, we're not going to play through that, I think, as much as what we've probably done in the past. So, so yeah, we are longer and we, we have the capability of throwing wings in, in the different spots that are, and really for our level are, are very long without the, kind of the bigger centerpiece guy in the middle. So, so I, again, when we tried to build this thing last spring and summer, the way the game's going, which is a little bit more spread, a little bit more versatile, guys have to sort of be able to face and make decisions with it. And, and so we tried to build it that way. But it is different um, than probably what we've been since I've been here, which is which has sort of had a – kind of a little bit more of a physical low post guy to throw it to. But I also think we could throw five guys on the floor that are 6'3 to 6'7. Um, and I think we will. And I think folks will see that this afternoon to make us relatively long. As a guy who used to shoot it a little and shoot it pretty well, what do you make of this whole you know idea of being able to employ floor spacers the way you can now? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> there's part of my old school piece of it that drives me nuts. Um, and it's simply because I... Um, and I did, I, you know, guys will tell you, I didn't pass down very many shots in my day. Um, so from, from that end of it, so I, I can appreciate that side of it, but it, it is a, it is a different philosophy for some of us that are, that are relatively old school. We want to kind of slow it down and run a bunch of, run some action and, and really make folks guard for a long amount of time. And, and, and really the game's just changing and the shot clock adjustments and the way it's officiated, it's changing. So it's a little bit more open. Which means, from a coaching perspective, you've got to have a little bit more leash, I guess, and, and you got to allow guys to, to so maybe sort of press the the edge of what a good shot is from five years ago to what a good shot is now. So, um, so honestly, that's a real redefining, even from my end, of where my comfort level is. And now it helps when you've got Gentry Whiteman and Corey Miller and, and Chandler Bevins and Justin Bonorf, and you have guys like that on the back end of that making those decisions. It helps that transition quite a bit. So I, I think it's fun. I think it's a fun way to play. Um, but, but if I'm being completely honest, I'm, I've got to wrap my old school head around um, around some of that flow uh, a little bit, which is what we spent a lot of time on this fall. It's no country for old men, Brad. You and I can attest to that, <laughs> my friend. I want to ask you, though, where does the rebounding come from? Does that have to be a collective? 
There's no doubt, and we actually we talk about that every day. That that it's that on the glass, especially on the defensive glass, all five guys' responsibility to rebound defensively, and and really, I think we've got a group that our our leading rebounders will probably or probably should be our guards. Um, and and so yeah, it has to be a collective effort. You know, we were spoiled a year ago with Z, um, who was here, who averaged 14, 15 rebounds a game, and, and we sort of took that for granted, to be honest with you, at times, that he was able to run one down. And But, yeah, that probably every day in the last nine weeks, one of the things we've talked about very consistently is is that collective team running stuff down, being scrappy to be able to be on the glass, because we're not going to – I don't think we're going to be at a spot, and I hope we get to that, but I don't think we're going to be at a spot where one guy is going to – going to sort of be able to bail us out in that category. Well, we'll find out for sure at 4 o'clock. What do we know about North Central coming in today as an opener? You know, part of the part of the hard part about us at this level is that there's so much turnover. You really don't know. I I drove over to Trenton on Thursday and saw their, their opening game just to get eyes on them a little bit. And they, they're they a little bit similar to us in that they're, they've got – They've got two low post guys that, that I would consider very, very capable, but then their wings are 6'3 to 6'5. I think they had 13 or 14 dunks um, the other day. They play fast. They want to get the ball out and go. They throw it towards the rim. And so for us, defensive transition, being able to do what we just talked about and rebound the ball defensively um, and then try to be able to be a little organized. Could it be a little bit of our organization against their athleticism? Um, which we get into that quite a bit during the course of the year. I think that's going to be the battle of the wills. But they're very capable, well-coached, will play a little bit of a hectic speed or try to anyway. And, and um, so, yeah, it should be a fun, entertaining game today to kind of kick things off at 4 o'clock. Well, there's your invitation, everybody. Head on out to Mountain Dew Court at 4 o'clock and go watch the Blazers. And Brad Hoyt, thanks as always, and best of luck to you this season. Hey, thanks, Chris. Always appreciate you, man. And again, that is it this week for the Saturday Morning Ticket. Go out and check out some basketball, some football this afternoon, and we'll be right back here with you next Saturday morn. Time has run out. You're invited to join us again next week for another edition of the Saturday Morning Ticket, brought to you by Sleep Tight at 4535 Broadway in Quincy.